the professionals of professionalism proudly present Lewis Howard Live. Your crisp communicator with principal insights for pop culture with a tech edge. And now a man who needs no introduction, Lewis. Hey, welcome to another edition of Lewis Howard Live. I'm Lewis Howard. Thank you for joining us for another Tech Edge pop culture living outside the line conversation. And we enjoy you coming in and uh, spending your time. And maybe this is a, you are the first time tuning in and hearing what the show is all about. It's all about you. It's all about helping you become the best version of yourself. It is about me sharing the experience, the little that I've learned over these 50 years of living and the successes and the failures that I have gone through and being able to put that in some kind of compilation of conversation and frame it in a way that can help you win. There you go. How about that? And a best-selling author of a book called From Here to There. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, next bestseller is Inside the Mind of Champions, also available on Amazon Books and uh, with a couple of other books that's going to be coming in behind that. And not to, uh, the least to say, we've done over 300-plus uh, episodes of Lewis Howard Live in some uh, various different formats. So, And then, of course, my personal business success that I've been involved in housing and real estate for 20-plus uh, years. I've closed roughly over $2 billion in transaction, managed teams in international real estate companies and organizations, work with nonprofits. And, of course, I get to come and produce shows uh, for you every week. So it is fun to have the life that I have, and I so enjoy it and being uh having the opportunity to uh, spend some time with you. Today we're going to talk about uh, the millennial generation, right? We hear so much about the millennials, and uh, depending on where you're hearing and what your perspective is on it, uh, it can be good, bad, or ugly, or indifferent, but I thought I'd take some time just to uh, share with you uh, some insights on being a millennial. Right. And so if you are millennial, you may find this conversation interesting. You should probably tune in. If you are the parent of a millennial, you're going to find some parts of this conversation interesting as well. And you say, why would you do a show about millennials? Why would you pick that particular uh, demographic in the world to do a show? on? Well, if you're in technology, you need to hear this show. Because the millennials are impacting you. If you are in the retail business, you need to hear this show because the millennials are impacting you. And when you hear some of the statistics that I'm going to share about millennials, you will need to understand this emerging demographic of people growing up in our current 21st century world. So who are the millennials? Who are the millennial generation? What do they look like? What are they? What do they eat? Where do they live? What do they do, right? So the millennial generation, uh, next to the baby boomers, 
is one of the most talked about generations, right? According to the definition, an oldest millennial is about 38 years of age, and the youngest is turning 23. So if you're between those ages, you are qualified to be in the millennial demographic. In, in 2019, the American uh, Psychological Association describes millennials as those born between the years 1981 and 1996. Um, uh, one definition says millennials is simply a person reaching young adulthood in the early 21st century. Others, uh, Goldman Sachs, which is a Wall Street money firm, um, says that the millennial, the numbers of millennial is the biggest generation in history, right? So that's saying a lot because the most generation that's talked about is the baby boomers, right? Um, And the baby boomers defined as the greatest generation is really the most talked about. And there's a reason why that, that that way, and I'll share that with you, but the millennials is the largest uh, generation, right? The baby boomers, which are estimated roughly at about 77 million, uh, individuals that will be classified as baby boomers. And then, but the millennials are 92 million. So that's a lot of individuals that are in that particular class and and group. And one thing about the millennials is, uh, and then of course you have the Gen Xers right in the middle, right? Uh, they're estimated about 61 million um, in, in group size. Millennials have grown up in a time of rapid change, right? The millennial generation have seen probably more change than any other generation, just rapid, right? Usually change in in our culture took several years to happen, but in our current situation, change can happen in 18 months, and it's getting shorter and shorter, you know. How do I know? Your smartphone. Your smartphone is not dated every year. Every six months, uh, they're coming out with a new version of it. Right. So you have to change. You have to adapt to that. So the millennials are a group that's really born into this level of change. It's given them a set of priorities and expectations that are sharply different from previous generations. So the millennials are living in a time that's very different than previous generation. And this is where the rub starts to come in. Right. Because the, the, the millennials are adapting to a new way that the world is. And most of the Gen Xers and baby boomers are really trying to keep the way the world was. So there's becomes a divide in thinking. Right. One is what what is referred to as new school thinking. The other one is referred to as old school thinking. And there is a divide. But they both really belong together because if it wasn't for old school, there wouldn't be a new school. If it wasn't for baby boomers, there wouldn't be millennials. Right. So we really have to work together. And to be quite frankly, if it wasn't for millennials, most baby boomers wouldn't know how to text, email or get on the smartphone. Right. Without fat fingering everything. So millennials really teach. I love millennials because I love the vibe. I love the the energy. Um, I I just love the way they think. They have a freestyle way of thinking. So there's a lot that I enjoy being around millennials. Most of the terms that I share with you on the shows that I do, they come from millennials. They're terms that I pick up from them, being around them, right? I don't like to spend too much time around people my age. You know why? Because all they talk about is their aches, their pains, their problems, what ain't right, what they don't have. Millennials don't talk about that. They don't care. 
they're living free. They're living in experience. I love that, right? Because that gets me out of thinking about my bursitis or my arthritis or what's aching when I get up in the morning and, right, I can't talk to nobody before I have coffee. That's a generational thinking. That's not how millennials think. That is not. They get up 6 o'clock in the morning. They're immediately on their smartphone device. They're immediately ordering something on Amazon, right? They're immediately Snapchatting, tendering it up. They're on Facebook. They're already out there. You and I, as baby boomers, we're trying to get out the bed and find our shoes and get life going. They're already halfway down the street. So I appreciate millennials for their drive, for their energy, and just that tenacity, right? And so it's just it's amazing to be able to 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 watch the difference in culture as it's sort of on false. So here's some other things that really where the rubber meets the road when it comes to millennials. Areas that they are leading in. Some not so good, some not you know not bad, right? So number one, they are the first digital natives. What that mean is that they are actually born in a complete digital culture, right? They do not understand analog. They only understand digital, right? They know nothing about, okay, let me just go back to some of you baby boomers out here, right? They know nothing about a princess phone. They know nothing about call waiting, right? They know nothing about having to call and there was only one phone in the house and your grandmother's on the phone and they click over from call waiting and she says, nope, you got to call them back later. I'm talking to somebody else. They don't know anything about that. They don't know about the voice recording machine, right? That you had to call and see who left you a message from another phone. They don't know anything about that, right? They've never seen a typewriter. They don't even know what that is. You go to a millennial and say, hey, do you, you know our typewriter? They're going to look at you sideways. They don't know what a fax machine is. They are totally 100% digital. Right. That's the difference. So if you're a baby boomer, you might get frustrated dealing with a millennial if you're coming from the perspective of landline phones. Right. Or older technology. Right. They don't know what an album is. They probably never even seen an album. There's a few stores that sell but that a millennial doesn't even know what an album is. And for God's sake, don't say a 45 record to them. Right. They're going to look at you like you're crazy, okay? So they are the first generation born into a total uh, wireless digital age. And so if you're in business or you are uh, working around, you have to understand that it's not them being ignorant, dumb, stupid, rebellious. They just don't know what that is because they're not born in that age. And our technology didn't... Like most of the time it strung along because it was all cords. But once it hit wireless, a lot of things changed. You didn't have to wire your whole house. I remember when I built my house and I spent ten to fifteen thousand dollars just on wiring alone for future technology. Well, guess what happened? It all went wireless. So guess what my money did for all the ten thousand dollars in wiring that I put in that house? Useless. Useless. Cause everything went wireless. So the the, the if, to put it another way, the millennials are the wireless generation. That's what they are. 
Number two is they are the first fully socially connected generation, right? Which means that they are literally the first generation that's instantly connected around the world because of the technology, right? They can immediately talk to someone on the other side of the world because of that smartphone or device. You and I were not been able to do that. I remember the first time I ever had to make an international phone call, and it was like 20 digits that I had to remember to dial in order to call, right? And you had to go to some centralized operator. Now I can get right on the internet and be in Australia, be in Africa, be in Thailand, be in the Philippines. I can instantly be there through Skype, through technology. So they are the first socially connected generation of our time. So they're really leading the way in a lot of different areas. All right, here's some of the drawbacks to the millennials. They are the let they have the less wealth and money to spend. They don't control the wealth. Who controls the wealth? The baby boomers. Right. The baby boomers control the wealth because they have that wealth has been passed down from parents to children and, and so forth. So the baby boomers control the wealth. The millennials do not control the wealth. That's the difference. That's why the baby boomers remain in charge, because they have the money and the millennials have to go to the baby boomers to get the money. How do I know that? I got one. Right. They live their life, they're out there, but they got to go to mom, to dad, to grandma, grandpa to get some money because they don't control the wealth, right? Uh, the other thing about millennials is they're encumbered with debt. Um, they are one of the first indebted generations that we have. They're indebted with student loans and they're indebted with consumer credit card debt. A lot of the rise in bankruptcies are the millennials because they got a credit card when they were 14 and they didn't know how to manage it, right? Or they've gone to school and they got out of school and they didn't get a job that paid them enough for them to pay off their student loan debt and now they have that debt. So as a culture, I mean, as a generation, the millennials are carrying a lot of debt. And so that's not a good thing, right? If you don't have if you have less wealth and less money and you're carrying more debt, that is a recipe for disaster. So that needs to be corrected. Uh, either the millennials are going to have to uh, not buy things on credit and debt and, and sort of adapt a debt-free uh, uh, mindset like the baby boomers adapted, or they're going to have to start owning assets or increasing their income. So if you're a baby boomer listening to me, that's going to be the call you're going to have to make is you're going to have to find ways to increase your income, right? Or you're going to have to have less debt. You can't have it both ways. You can't have less income and more debt. That is a recipe for a disaster. You're not going to build much out of that. So that's really one of the challenges um, that I think the millennials face uh, with respect to uh, economics. Um, number five, they have a different vision and priority about life, right? They're not taking life super serious. Life is about a flow. Life is about experience. A life is about their adventure and so forth. And so they, they are really about getting rid of the old way and really creating a whole new way of way they do things. Um, here's a big number. 70% of those who work in the tech field are millennials, 
right? So they are a big part of the tech industry, the tech tools, and the tech fields. They are, they are the millennials. So they are a big part of what we do. They are affecting everything you see, you watch on TV, everything you have on your device, right? The millennials are having a huge impact on that. So while they don't control the money, right, and the wealth, they are controlling how that wealth is spent. They're controlling how it goes because it's impacting, like I said, if you're a retailer, you need to understand the millennials. If you're an entrepreneur, you have to understand the uh, mindset of a millennial because it's very different than the mindset of a Gen X or a Gen Yer or baby boomer class of thinking. It's very different. Um, they tend to be more extract in their thinking in terms of how they do them. We're going to take a quick break. When I'm going to come back, I'm going to share with you uh, one of the biggest impacts that the millennials have had on our current uh, economy and aspect of business and daily life uh, as it relates to you and I uh, in America, especially in the Western culture. So you listen to Lewis Howard Live. We're going to take a quick break and give a shout out to some of our sponsors. We'll be right back to continue the conversation. Hold it. Put a pause on it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today. The mission of the Millionaire Club Charity is to provide jobs and support services to those in need in the Puget Sound region. Since 1921, the Millionaire Club Charity has operated a supportive employment program that specializes in helping people who are experiencing homelessness or other barriers to employment. Temporary Staffing Solutions connects men and women with employment opportunities to over 1,100 businesses and residences in the greater Seattle area. The Millionaire Club also addresses the housing needs of its workers through transitional housing. To learn more and to get involved, go to millionaireclub.org or call 206 728 jobs. Hey, this is Lewis Howard Live. You have joined the conversation on the culture, pop, technology, the edge, and uh, we enjoy doing that. So if you just join us, we're talking about the millennial generation, the power generation, the next big generation, right? 92 million of them uh, impacting our way of living and life. And uh, as we were just talking about in the break, you know, uh, don't hate right? You can't hate on what you don't understand. And as somebody that grew up in that kind of thinking, usually it's because you haven't taken time to understand, right? Seek to understand before being understood. So really the show really purpose is to give you a perspective on the millennials and hopefully you get some takeaways. And if you are a millennial, then you also understand maybe what the other side's thinking and how they are responding and where you want to go as an individual or generation in terms of your go forward plan. So we're talking about just some of the impacts that they've had in the previous segment of some of the areas that they're living in. So let's talk about housing and economy about the millennials. Most millennials would rather rent or share a home than own. Okay. So most home buying years for most demographic groups are between the ages of 25 to 45 years of age. Um, 
And so right now the millennials are not wanting to necessarily own uh, um, homes, right? So they would rather rent. So they're renting longer. However, for those of us in the housing business, if the millennials decide to jump into for sale housing, it's going to be a huge impact on the housing industry because you got 92 million of them. And if they decide they want to push over into the for sale housing, it's going to be a massive boom, probably like we've never seen. It would have to go back to World War II, where we saw the housing boom after World War II, where many of the uh, veterans were returning home. I think it would be of that level if and when they decide that they want to move into buying a home. But for now, millennials would rather rent. All right. Here's the other challenge with millennials. We have a nest problem with uh, millennials. I didn't say pest. I said nest problem. What's a nest problem? A nest problem is 30% of millennials are preferring to live home with parents. Okay? 30%. So that's a big number that they've decided that I would rather stay at home. Even though my parents irritate me, piss me off, I don't want to hear what they're going to say, they old school but I'd rather live at home. Why? Why would a millennial rather stay at home than be out of a home that they've grown up with and like I did, okay, baby boomer, at age 18, my mom had my bags packed and I was out. And I was not to return. She changed her address, location, phone number, so I couldn't come back. So that's a different thinking. It's a different um way of a demographic living. I think one of the reasons that they do is for economic reasons. I think you living at home, you can save money. I don't have to pay the full cost of rent and I can still have access to all the benefits and luxury goods. Cause that's one of the things that's said about millennials in terms of how they want. And one of the things is that they want access, but they don't want ownership. So they want access to, the nice things, but they don't want ownership of it. So again, that's that that's that dichotomy that the millennials are going to have to work out between you know that benefit and that risk of owning something and then access versus not having it at all. So that's just something that you know as part of us in business and working with them, we have to look at that. But they've literally invented share rides. the 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 Ubers are 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 really the direct. Uh, success, they owe their success to millennials. Uber rides, Lyft, all these share ride companies, they owe their success to millennials. Why? Because millennials is the first generation that doesn't want to drive. They don't want to own a car. There's a there's a low percentage of, of a high percentage of millennials, they don't even have their driver's license. They just don't want they don't want to deal with it. They just don't want to deal with it. Right. So my daughter didn't want to own a car for a long time, but she wanted me to take her around everywhere. And I'm going, whoa, I can't do that. I can't be your chauffeur and take you around and you don't want to own a car. What, what's up with that? Right. But that's their thinking. OK, I want access to a car, but I don't want to own it. So here comes Uber. Here comes Lyft. Really uh, impacting it. Um, another sub thing, just to tell you, just give you insights on what they're impacted within Uber and Ride. The 
your Uber X and Uber Pool is the result of the millennials, where they're actually sharing a ride within a ride. Okay. That is the direct impact from millennials. So they're getting an Uber, but they're sharing the Uber with other people to reduce their costs, right? So that is having an impact on, it's like fractional living, fractional ownership, right? Fractional success. So it's the way that the uh, millennials are choosing to sort of go uh, about how they do that. Uh, retail. Millennials are reshaping the retail business, right? They're literally reshaping. Most of what keeping the retail in business is the baby boomers, right? Walmart, Nordstrom, um, all of these big department stores, it's primarily baby boomers that shop there. Uh, millennials don't shop there. Millennials, they, if they go and shop in there because it's their own mom and dad's credit card, they typically don't shop there. They shop online. My daughter started ordering stuff online when she was like 19, 20 years old. Online, catalogs, right? Stuff that we thought in the 70s and 80s went out. Nope, the millennials have really bought catalog ordering back in a digital form, right? That's all it is, okay? Um, so that changes the economy because if you build your whole economy around retail and you have this whole large group of individuals that are choosing to, to, to shop online through their smartphone, and when they go into a retail store, they will compare shop to what they've seen online. And if it doesn't match up, they won't buy it. So now it forces the retailer to have to have the same product at a lower price if they want a millennial to walk into the store and purchase it. So we're talking about the impact of the millennial generation, both on our culture, both in housing, and of course, in economics. So they're reshaping business. Their love for technology is reshaping um, how business is uh, going and what they are leaving sort of as an impact or as a footprint um, to it. Now, I noticed one thing I, I would just say this is a personal millennials don't seem to care a lot about climate change, right? <laughs> they just don't seem to be, if they do, it's pretty quiet. Um, they don't really care a lot about politics except Bernie Sanders. They seem to like Bernie Sanders, right? He seems to be a thing with them, which is interesting because he's an old dude, but they like him, right? Uh, so they don't seem to be caught up in the fight like the baby boomers, Democrat, Republican, independent, right? That power control. Millennials just seem to not care about that. And I think that's where we get disenfranchised with them sometimes because we want them to care about the same things we care about, especially if we're writing a check and we're funding them. All right. That's a form of control and manipulation. If I'm funding you and I'm giving you money, I want you to care about the same thing that I care about. And if you don't, I get frustrated with you. I think that's where the frustration begins because the millennials just don't have an attachment to those things. They appreciate it. They like it. They'll take access if you give it. But. They don't really care. Like, for example, one small thing that I share, you know, I love watches. I love watches. I got to, I am a watch, you know, whatever. I won't use the word, right? So I thought my daughter should love watches. So I started buying her watches thinking because I love watches. She would love watches. And I wanted her to love watches so we could have this thing in common. She hated watches. She wouldn't wear it. She just put it in her box and sit it in the corner, right? I got irritated. I'm buying you nice watches. You're not even wearing them. You're sitting in the corner. I'm not buying you no more watches. Done. 
and I'm not giving you money for anything else, right? So as a baby boomer, that's what we do. So this is the advantage when you control money, wealth, and power, right? And you're not trying to use that money, wealth, and power to control somebody that's really not interested in the same agenda that you're interested in. Now, if you want to talk technology with them, they're all in. You want to talk video games with them, they're all in. They'll take your money like Lionel Richie all night long on that, right? They got no problem with that. But if you're talking to things that are important to you, to them, you're going to have a bit of a disconnect. So this really hopefully will give you just some insights. So here's some of my takeaways uh, on millennials. This is the Lewis Howard Live perspective on millennials and what I see and what I've observed in my day-to-day workings. Huge impact on technology. No question that everywhere you turn, especially where I'm broadcasting this show from, the Northwest and Seattle, uh, technology has a huge impact on everything we do and say, from what we drive to what we eat to where we go, and much of that is driven by millennials. Most of the software engineers that are developing programs, they are millennials. They are millennials. They are not baby boomers. They're not Gen Xers. They're not Gen Ys. They are millennials. So this group is silently having an impact. The 80s nerds that we would call them has morphed into a powerhouse of technology leaders in the 21st century, right? You remember the nerds in the 80s, the geeky glasses, right? Braces, right? Riding a short bus, right? That group that you wouldn't let them hang out with your cool kid group. All right, well, fast forward in the 21st century and look at the millennials. That's who they are. That's who they are, right? But they are controlling your life. (laughs) They're telling you what you're going to listen to, what you're going to see on TV, what you're going to drive, and how you're going to get around. Now the the script has been flipped. (laughs) So that's really when I see... Uh, the technology and and who's controlling it, it really is. Now, they control it, but they don't own it, right? So they are the they are the they are the use. They have control of a use, but the baby boomers still are the finance financiers and the controllers. So the baby boomers get the last laugh because they have to write the check for it, right? So that's the difference in terms of. The, the technology piece of it when you're dealing with uh, millennials. All right. So one of the things that I would say with millennials um, is that they're missing a generational purpose and clarity. Millennials have to decide what they want to stand for, what they want to be when they grow up, in a sense. Um, it's clear that they don't want the problems and issues that they wish, wish uh, witness their parents and grandparents go through. Divorce, bankruptcy. Right. They're prolonging marriage because they don't want to deal with divorce, bankruptcy. They don't want to own businesses and assets because they don't want to lose them. They watch their parents go through it. Right. They watch their parents lose homes. They don't want to own a house because they watch that. Right. So they are going against the things they saw what luxury goods did to relationships, the Gucci bags, the Louis Vuitton and all of those um, things, they, they're not materialistic. They, they don't want that. So they have to decide if you don't want those things, what do you want? Because every generation has to define what it will stand for and leave a legacy for future generations, right? It's the way it goes, the way our culture is structured. So the baby boomers are called the greatest generation for a reason. America wouldn't be America today if it weren't for the military, the economic, and the social work of the baby boomers. 
right? So that's why we're here. So it is really the passing of the torch to this large new generation called the millennials of what are you going to do with it, right? Because eventually they're going to end up with the wealth. They're going to end up with the money, right? And so what are they going to take the technology and the tools and the wealth and the money and what are they going to leave as uh, a legacy? So my uh, takeaway is that the millennials have got to find their passion and their purpose, like every generation had to do it. The hippies had to do it, right? The baby boomers had to do it. The nerds did it. So everyone has to find their purpose um, to establish themselves as that generation. Um, and lastly, I would say with the millennials is, is if you're a millennial listening to me and just kind of you know, been tracking with me on most of this. Some of you may disagree, some of you you may agree with, but I, my my saying is that technology cannot replace organic human interaction. Okay, so no matter how good the technology is, Siri can't tell me how I'm feeling today. If I ask Siri to say, Siri, tell me how I'm feeling today, Siri's not going to know that, right? Siri's not, tell me what I can do to impress my friends. Siri can't do that. Siri doesn't have the organic ability to have that interaction. Siri can tell me the weather. She can tell me the score of the game. She can tell me all of the technical and utilitarian things that I need to know. But that's not relationships, right? And so what I notice about most millennials is their head is buried in their device or smartphone. Right. And many are oblivious to the real and organic world that's going on around them or they've simply disconnected from it. Right. So I call it head down and swipe forward. That's what they're doing. Head down, swipe. Right. And so you can't bury your head in the device while it is an important tool and you are a big user of it. But it does not replace human interaction, human relationships. Right, relationships within our tribe and outside our sphere help you grow as a person. So, to the millennials, for you to grow, it takes other human beings to help you grow, right? Not the device, right? Because what happens with a device? It expires. The technology expires, and now I have to go invest in a new device. I got to get a new smartphone. I got to go to get a new video game, new iPad, a new whatever, new screen that's going to help me continue to enjoy the level of technology. But a friend, a friend can last forever. A friend doesn't go out of style, right? A friend, you don't have to update the software in, right? You don't have to change. So you want to build those friendships, those lasting friendships, right? Because a friend can, can last a lifetime. A smile, right? A smile from a human being to another human being can make a human being's day. I can't tell you the number of people that compliment me just on smiling at them, just on complimenting them on something, right? So I would say the challenge, my challenge to the millennials generation is balance the technology with the organic relationship. Not, don't let one substitute for the other, right? 
not asking you to throw away the smartphone or device, but I'm asking you, maybe there's times where you need to be present in the moment and it's not important what's going on on Facebook or Instagram at that moment. Maybe investing 10 minutes into an individual, a stranger, somebody you don't know, and have a conversation. You might be amazed at what you can get out of it. Hey, thanks for being part of the conversation today. We appreciate it as always trying to bring something fresh, something different. Hey, hit me up on email, lewis at lhoward360.com or on our website, lewishowardlive.com. And you can leave comments and what you think about the show. We'll post excerpts of, of, of the show on it as well. And a reminder, we can get the show five days a week, 24-7 on the Blog Talk radio platform, Stitcher, uh, boy, podcast, Apple, iTunes. I, I, I run out of remembering all where they are, but they are out there. And if you just put in Lewis Howard Live or Howard 360 Radio, you'll find where we are. Thanks for joining us and being part of another relevant, practical, tech, pop-edge conversation. We'll see you again on the next edition of Lewis Howard Live. Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today.